Welcome to this evidence-based nursing podcast. I'm Roberta Heal. I'm an associate professor at Laurentian University in Ontario, Canada, and an associate editor of Evidence-Based Nursing. It is my great pleasure to welcome Dr. May Ann Pasquale, who is an assistant professor of nursing at Cedar Crest College in Pennsylvania, USA. Today, we will discuss a study titled Predictors of Public Support for Family Presence During Cardiopulmonary Resuscitation. Welcome, Dr. Pasquale. Would you please begin by introducing yourself and your current role to our listeners? Uh, yes, hello, and thank you. Uh, yes, I am uh, an assistant professor of nursing at Cedar Crest College, which is a small liberal arts college located in um, Pennsylvania, Allentown, Pennsylvania. And I'm also a visiting nurse researcher at Lehigh Valley Health Network, which is a large acute uh, care tertiary institution in Allentown, Pennsylvania as well. And 25% of my time is spent at this um, facility helping to facilitate nursing research. So you're a very busy nurse researcher and clinician. Please start by giving some background to the issue of family presence during emergency procedures for their loved ones. Okay, well, actually, um, it's interesting because this uh, the study of, family, of having family presence uh, during resuscitation has really been uh, going on for almost over um, you know two decades, and uh, and discussion and controversy has surrounded this topic since 1987 was one of the first publications. So, and even despite the extensive backing by numerous associations and boards across the globe, um, you know, both in the United States and internationally, uh, there is so much to support this practice. However, it really still remains, you know, an argumentative issue, and the practice of having family presence is not always consistently implemented. I even pulled up, I, um, I was just looking, and uh, there's guidelines published by the American Association of Critical Care Nurses, American Heart Association, Emergency Nurses Association, Cited Critical Care Medicine, have all published national guidelines that endorse policies. But if when research has been conducted and they've even asked, you know, have done some broad research studies, you know, investigating if there are actually policies in place for this practice, it's not, um, it's just not present. It's just not present. What did the researchers investigate in this study? So in this study, um, it was it was actually a really very interesting, and I and I was so pleased to have the opportunity um, to review it. Uh, most of my research has been done with either patients or families and their pers- and healthcare providers and their perspectives um, regarding family presence. But Dwyer's study um, actually took it into the general public, and I think that is an area that is untapped. So. Their study, uh, you know, investigated the uh, factors that predict public support for having family presence during CPR. And then they also wanted to take a look and see if um, the individual attitudes vary for family presence during CPR based on the relationship between the family member and the person being resuscitated. Um, and that's whether it was an adult, a child, or individual goes themselves and that that's also another layer of investigating this into you know the general public and their perceptions of this so they sent a survey uh, out that was a random survey to selected households um, 
uh, with a landline in central Queensland, Australia. And then one person from that household was invited to participate in the study. So it was, and they had a large sample, a total of uh, 1,208 adults agreed to participate. Uh, and of that, they had a 62% response rate. So uh, it was it was very interesting. And there's not a lot of research that has been done that has actually taken this, you know, and looked at uh, research of the general public. So it was really uh, a great, great effort. What conclusions did the authors make of the paper, and do you agree with them? Okay. So the findings demonstrated growing support um, by the general public of having families present during resuscitation. And that has that has been shown. And and it seemed that uh, the response overall were very supportive that family members being, you know, wanted to be present should their child, an adult relative, or they themselves require CPR. Uh, and if those who do not want to be present, uh, the reasons really are supported in the literature. Uh, if if an individual does not want to have their family present, they often think that it would either distract the medical team or that it would be too distressing for the family member to be present. And that has been shown in the literature. Um, and very importantly, 19% uh, of the respondents in this study did not even know that they could be present or have even considered the issue, which shows that there's really a uh, deficit in the general public's knowledge about that they even have the option to be present during, you know, resuscitation. And then they also looked at gender, and there, so there were some gender, um, you know, differences on whether males or females wanted to be present, and, um, and that was pulled out. So then you asked, do I agree with the conclusions? And, uh, you know, yes and, and absolutely. Uh, and I've witnessed this in my own, you know, my own practice. In general, you know, Dwyer, they did show that the study reaffirms that the findings that there is a considerable proportion of the family um, that are not even aware that they have the option to be present. And they have not communicated their desires for family involvement in unexpected emergency situations. So it's really important then as healthcare providers that we have to work better to educate our communities regarding the option of family presence. And then also consistent with other studies was the finding that previous experience appears to strengthen public support. In Dwyer's study, they found that if the, some of the respondents, that if they had the option to be present or they had a family member present during a resuscitation event that they may have undergone, that previous experience seems to strengthen that support. And if families were present, they would want to do it again, and patients that had family presence also want their families to be present. So, again, it really supports the notion that there is there needs to be a better awareness of the process that leads to the increase in families' members' desire. And then lastly, um, probably I think the most compelling factor that predicted family predicted support for family presence was the relationship between the respondent and the person being resuscitated. Um, if a person was an adult family member, then participants wanted that family um, participants wanted to be present. Um, conversely, if they themselves, so the respondent, if they would be the one that was being resuscitated, they're very ambivalent whether they want their family to be present. And this is similar to you know previous previous findings. And then lastly, as parents, um, if it's your child, 
you know, of course, parents want to be present if the child's requiring CPR, and that's been validated in the literature. Uh, so uh, they were they were the most significant findings from their from their research. It's a very complex issue. So, what are the implications for practice of these findings? Okay, so um, in general, yes, and these, as you just said, it is. It's a very complex issue, and uh, the acceptance of having families present during resuscitation is really influenced by many factors. One, Dwyer's study really made an important point that knowing the public stance on this issue and that a large segment of the population puts a favorable disposition towards this is very insightful. So we really need to get out and make the public aware of that they have the option that they should question if they're brought into the hospital and they have a family member in the hospital that they should question practices and they should ask, you know, is there a policy in place that I could be present with my family member? Um, and there is in the healthcare, there's really, you know, a growing movement that to allow family greater access to their loved ones in times of illness. And there's a definitely a need for um, institutions to develop policies and procedures for allowing family presence during CPR. And that way you can ensure that uh, we are allowing families in and that there's a policy and procedure in place to make sure that everything runs smoothly. Uh, If you look in the literature, healthcare providers, there are a lot of anecdotal concerns um, from healthcare um, providers and legitimate concerns about having families present. Um, You know, there's, there's fears of interference. There's fears that family members can't handle the situation. So having policies in place is, is really key in making sure and allowing families greater access to their loved ones in this time of illness. And as well, healthcare professionals also have an ethical obligation to routinely ask patients and families about their presence, preferences for family presence. And in and that will also help with decision-making processes. A lot of times, uh, as healthcare providers, we may not be comfortable asking this option. So it goes back to if staff are educated, if we have policies in place, then we can have a much better and um, significant approach to allowing families in during this during resuscitative efforts. In your opinion, what research is needed in this area? Well. Even after, like I said earlier, even after you know, over two decades, decades of debate and research, a lot of the research is uh, descriptive and qualitative in nature, which is fine, but uh, it would be nice to be able to move into more you know, quasi-experimental or experimental uh, research, although it's, uh, it's a very delicate topic, so it's not allowing families present, you know, or not present during resuscitation doesn't always lend itself to like a randomized, you know, controlled trial. As well, uh, research is always needed uh, in the area we need to do research with larger sample sizes with both patients and families and different cultural settings to help identify outcomes and clarify the meaning, you know, of family presence during resuscitation. And as well, future research is also needed to assess how staff are educated and trained in order to facilitate family presence during resuscitation attempts. I've been looking through the literature and I've been seeing a lot more of that, uh, whereby 
staff are educated, and so there's some pre, you know, pre-test, post-test studies to see if they are indeed, you know, what's their comfort level, what's their educational level, um, once they are educated on, you know, on family presence during resuscitation. As well, it would be nice to have um, evaluation of if you are implementing a policy or procedure that we definitely, you know, do some pre-test, post-test to see those changes and then continue to, you know, monitor the situation. There's great concern about having families present and, and interference with care. So we need to do some good rigorous research regarding um, tracking of any types of interferences or untoward events in, if we are allowing the option of having family presence. And then um, there's also qualitative research is needed to dig deeper into the perspective of having families present because it's a very sensitive subject matter and it's very different from everyone's perspective. So having qualitative research and really being able to answer those you know, pose those open-ended questions and allow family members and patients to elaborate on their feelings of this is important. And then lastly, uh, assessing the potential role of cultural differences and further studies exploring the perceptions of the wider public is greatly needed. When uh, in 2000 was really when a lot of uh, family presence during resuscitation, uh, the topic really kind of busted open and everyone was looking at this policy and, and this, you know, this option. And so there was some really good general public research that was done that they surveyed, you know, the public, and then they would share even the findings on national television. And I think uh, some of that research needs to be replicated just to see and to really get a good idea of, you know, what does the public want and what are their needs regarding this, this um, practice. If listeners take one thing away from this podcast, what should it be? I can take two. Uh, one, I think family members of all patients undergoing resuscitation and invasive procedures should be given the option, and I'm going to stress the option of being present at the bedside. I don't think as healthcare providers, no matter what our concerns, and or their biases uh, that we cannot, you know, present this option to families. But with that said, uh, all institutions and patient care units should have an approved written practice document, either a policy, a procedure, a standard, or care for presenting the option of family presence during resuscitation and invasive procedures. I'd like to express my sincere thank you to our guest today, Dr. May Ann Pasquale, for her insightful and thought-provoking discussion about this tough and complex topic of family presence during cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. It was my pleasure.